This is Emily. And this is Sarah. And this is Sisters Take a Side on Natalie Holloway. Girl, we are crushing it today. We, I'm actually very impressed with us today. Are we, look, um, at, we are on time for recording for the first <laughs> time in a hundred years. Correct. Let it be known, my notes are done. I'm not frantically typing my thoughts into this Google Doc <laughs> as we're recording. I'm feeling great. I'm impressed. I'm very impressed with us. Um, I would also like it to be noted, um, if you listen to any of our earlier episodes, mm-hmm. um, my favorite thing to do when we recorded was to have a snack, especially when it was the days I didn't have to record, like, or I what? wasn't the one oh, responsible God. for research. What are we eating today? Well, be proud of me because I don't have a snack you and it is lunchtime. Oh, it is lunchtime. You don't have a snack. Okay. Do you want to know what I had for lunch today? I have to I have to know now. Okay, well, everyone guys, hold Gather your hands. around. Okay, so I meal prepped burritos for Tomothy and I, right? But what I what I've been doing is I've been heating them up in like the frying pan, you know, to get that like almost like like a crunch wrap. You know what I'm talking about? I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> Delicious. Wow. Delicious. I'm very impressed with that strategy. Guess how much of that both of my children ate today for lunch. I'm going to go with next to nothing. Just absolutely none of it, actually. Just – and, like, I was just more mad that I wasted a good burrito on that. Well, yeah. That has to be the thing you're most upset about. Anyways, no one's here for this. I mean, I am. This is not the Emily <laughs> – take a side on Emily's lunch order podcast. Well, um, well, why don't you tell us what we are here for, then? Well, I think first we should tell people how to get in contact with us if they want to write in and say, stop talking about your burritos on your podcast. Excellent point. Um, so people can write into us on our email address at sisters.take.a.side at gmail.com. Yes. And they can also find us on the Instagram. What's our handle, yeah. M? Uh, ooh, sisters take a side underscore podcast on Instagram. Very well done. And Good job. guys, we've been getting the nicest messages from y'all on Instagram this week. Like I, and we I have really to, have, and like Sarah and I actually get really nervous. Like when we see the little like notification <sighs> pop up that someone messaged us on Instagram, we're like, Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Like someone is like, I hate you both. But no, you guys have been so freaking nice. So thank you for reaching out. Um, and we actually got our listener question this week from Instagram. So we will do that at the end of the episode. Awesome. Um, so what are we talking about today? Okay. Well, like we told you guys at the end of last week's episode, this case was recommended by our friend Jessica. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So guys, we're covering Natalie Holloway. Ooh. Tell me, Sarah, tell me what do you know about Natalie Holloway and her story? Um, so it's actually funny that you mentioned this because I just listened to a podcast about um, Natalie Holloway the other day. So Shout it out. Who did? What did you listen to? Well, it was of course it was True Crime Obsessed on their Patreon. They did um, like a six episode um, coverage of like the documentary. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, on Natalie Holloway. You know, so like I I I feel like I know a lot about it, but I yeah. also feel like I don't because like no shade to the documentary, but like, I just don't know that like the documentary really went into like the specifics of it. So I'm actually really excited to like 
hear about this. I know that the someone involves last name is Vandersloot, which like Vandersloot. To that I have like, please get a new last name because that's Can just... you even imagine you meet the man of your dreams? He's just like perfect, but his last name is Vandersloot. It sounds you like ma- you marrying him or what? No, probably no. not. Mm-mm. No. Okay. Well, I know, and you have a thing about like names. I do have a thing about names. I little story for you guys. When I met Thomasy for the first time, and I guess I can't say what her last name is on the air, but when I met him for the first time, the very first thing I said to him when he introduced himself to me was, "Oh my God, I love your last name." And girl, now is my last name. Oh God! I think there's some white doves flying behind <laughs> oh, you right now. Very romantic. So um, romantic. Yeah, I do have a thing about names. I am not feeling our friend Vandersloot and his crappy name, but great. So, are we ready? We want to do this. I'm ready. Let's well, tell me all about Natalie Holloway. Okay, so let's dive in here. So May 26, 2005. Mm-hmm. Okay, you had just turned 15 years old. Correct. Living your best damn life. Correct. Okay. So 124 students and seven chaperones from Mountain Brook High School arrive in Aruba. And okay, your face, guys, I wish you could see Sarah's face because I think you are reacting to the same thing I'm reacting to, which is that this seems like a significantly small number of chaperones. I mean, like, what? (laughs) What? For high schoolers? 124 seniors in high school and seven chaperones that is not enough no that's not even enough by half no and like so the drinking age in aruba is 18 right most of these kids are 18 i'm like what is happening here like this is basically their beach week i guess but in aruba i don't know i'm so confused by this because it's like wait do you think is beach week still a thing i'm i think it's still a thing but like in a very different way than it was when we were in school. Okay. Well, let's tell – did you go to Beach Week? Were you – okay. <laughs> did Liz and Mike allow you to go to Beach Week? Um, so I was supposed to go to Beach Week. I got into trouble my senior <laughs> year of high school and was then not allowed to go to Beach Week. So long story short, I never went to Beach Week. Okay. I was also <laughs> never allowed to go to Beach Week. Let, listen, who was allowed to go to Beach Week? Sarah. Did did John go? You bet your sweet ass Prince John went to Beach Week. Can you believe that? John, write in. Where did you go? Because I don't remember this. <laughs> the hypocrisy, Mike and Beth. <laughs> Mike and Liz. Anyways. Okay. But needless to say, none of us went to Aruba. For beach oh, week. absolutely not. And like, um, how is like, uh, I have a lot of questions on that because it's like, well, if it's Beach Week, then like, why didn't you just go to like Myrtle Beach like everybody else? Like, and why do you need chaperones? Like, this is very confusing to me. But. Well, it was like a school-sponsored trip. So <laughs> I guess more Beach Week and, like, a more untr- – like, I again, I don't know. At least where we are from, Beach Week was, like, something you did on this your own. This was not a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. Okay. So, so we're in Aruba. Yeah. So Natalie <laughs> Natalie Holloway is in Aruba with her – yes, thank you. I was – okay, I've been singing that song, like, all weekend <laughs> as I've been researching this case. Uh, and something really terrible happened so i need to put it down i know okay so on may 29th so this is what three days after they get there um natalie and her classmates go to a local bar called carlos and charlie's which like i'm not loving that name okay 
to celebrate what reports say is the last night of their trip. So then my other question is like, y'all are in Aruba for three days? What is happening? That's a very short trip. Yeah. Very short trip. Okay. So while out at this bar, Natalie meets Jordan Vandersloot. Jordan Vandersloot. I guess is how you would say that if you're not trying to make it weird. Um, so as we already discussed, what a fucking name that is. Yeah, who um, is this guy? Well, let me tell I'm going to stop reading ahead in my sorry. notes, Sarah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So <laughs> Jordan, okay, is that pronounced Jordan or Joran? No, I think it's definitely Joran. Oh, 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 it's Joran. Oh, oh. Yeah. I think the emphasis is on the day. <laughs> oh, wait, I was just re-listening to our episode about Friedrich Bourdain when you were like, it's Friedrich <laughs> Listen, I think it's I think it's Joran. For all the people listening, Sarah works for a company that deals with a lot of international people and clients and all of that. So she is actually very good at international <laughs> names. Okay. Joran. Okay. Is that what? No. <laughs> Why don't we again. call him Jay? Why don't we just call him Jay? We'll call him Vandersloot. How's that? Perfect. Okay. So Vandersloot is a Dutch 17-year-old who is in Aruba for like, I, I just don't really know why. His dad is a lawyer in Aruba. His mom is an art teacher. And they moved from the Netherlands to Aruba in 1990. So I don't know. What is this 17-year-old doing out at Carlos and Charlie's? And beyond me i don't know hmm. okay so, yeah that's confusing right so natalie meets vandersloot and his two friends deepak kalpo and satish kalpo do you want to correct my pronunciation on that i think it's probably satish but satish okay so the right kalpo there. brothers we're gonna call them that okay and i have in my notes hashtag brothers take a side <laughs> <laughs> two brothers i guess <laughs> So, right. So Natalie cousins? is seen. What did you just say? Maybe they're cousins. I thought you just said maybe they're husbands. <laughs> oh, I mean, maybe we don't know. Listen, we don't assign things to people. I don't think our guy Vandersloot <laughs> was hanging out. He does not seem very. I see. Diverse. Fair. Or accepting, or just like a <laughs> rational human being. Okay. So. Got it. All of, by all accounts, like Natalie is happily hanging out with these guys, right? Like her mm-hmm. friends are like, yeah, we were drinking, we were hanging out, like everything was cool, all good. So that that night at 1 a.m., Natalie is last seen on video camera leaving the bar and getting into a silver Honda with Vandersloot and the Calpo brothers. Okay. By herself. By herself. Mm. I know. I know. I want, and again, like, this is not, I'm obviously not blaming anybody, but like, Natalie, where were your girlfriends? Where are your friends? Like, you're yeah. in a foreign uh, country. Uh, you are 18 years old. Girl, who is letting you leave with three dudes? Well, and also, like, where are the chaperones? Like, aren't they on this trip for this specific reason? I that, have like- a feeling that chaperone Bev was not up at carlos and charlie's at 1 a.m then what are they even doing there like isn't that the purpose of them being there like i don't know there's seven of you like think strategically like place one of you at the entrance to the bar like i i don't know again this is not anyone's fault no of course not maybe but i had the same thought i was like oh girl i don't and again i don't love natalie's fault of course i'm not natalie's fault but like i just wish someone was looking out for her 
Yeah. And not letting her leave. Because, I mean, it is. It is confirmed fact. Like, she left alone with the three of them. So I hate that. Okay. So that next morning, right? So this is May 30th. Um, this group is scheduled to depart, you know, back home. Um, and Natalie doesn't show up to the meeting location. So her friends go and check her room and see that it's completely undisturbed. Her passport is there. Her belongings are there. Like basically they can confirm she did not come home the night before. Right. And yeah. so Wait. this is, Okay. Do we know what time? Like, when are they? When are they finding this out? So in the morning, so like okay. nine, ten a.m. local time. They were all supposed to like meet up mm-hmm. at um, like some kind like the lobby across the street. Like it was like a very close meeting place because they were going to take a bus back to the airport. And she wasn't like staying in a room with someone. Like you know, I had that thought too. I was like, this is a bougie ass trip. You're in Aruba in a private room. Yeah, like I'm just trying. I'm even thinking of like when I've had to travel for work with like other you know coworkers who were mm-hmm. also traveling. Like wait we did we you did sh- not have our wait. Like, you share a hotel room with coworkers when you travel? What? No, I'm saying like like when we went to um the Christmas our Christmas party one year. Oh, yeah. Like, uh-huh. Ange and I would, you know, shared a room. Yeah, like, well, because you guys are, like, friends. You guys are friends. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm just thinking, like, how was there not someone? Or, like, a better example is, like, remember, like, when you would take trips with your dance team? Like, you were – Sarah yes. was on the high school dance team. Yes. Right? So it was, like, a school-sponsored trip, and you would share a room with oh, yeah. other girls like, on the team. Three other girls on the team. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, so I'm – yeah, I'm not sure about that, but so that's where we're at. So Natalie didn't show up to the meeting location, and then oh God, some poor chaperone has to make what I imagine is like the worst fucking phone call of her life. She has to call Natalie's mom, Beth, and be like, "Girl, I, Natalie is not here, and we can't find her." Like, can you even imagine? No, and like, so finally the chaperones are doing something. I have a big problem with this chaperone thing. <laughs> These poor chaperones were just probably like, you know what? A trip to Aruba doesn't sound all that bad. <laughs> Until someone they're responsible for chaperoning goes missing. Like, Dude, I know. That's what I mean. Like, I would never want to chaperone a trip with, like, eight, like, legit, basically adults, right? Like, 18-year-olds that are of drinking age in whatever country you're going to. Hell no. I will chaperone Little Sprinkles preschool trip to the petting zoo, maybe, but do not put me in charge of 124 18 year olds in a foreign country. Absolutely not. No. <laughs> no. Nope. So by the evening of May 30th, so that same day that she's reported missing, Beth and Natalie's stepdad, Jug? Question mark. Am I pre- <laughs> the names Sarah, in am this? I are just that correctly. <laughs> Jug. I Jug. don't know. Oh. <laughs> um, they arrive in Aruba with like other friends and family. Um, That's quick. Yeah, they actually – I was reading they rented a, a jet. Like, they flew down there privately. So maybe yeah, I mean, I guess that Natalie like, has her own hotel room in Aruba. Maybe, I yeah. I guess it's not like you can call up Delta and be like, hey, like – I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, know how that – you know, luckily, you'd have no idea how that works, but – so once they get there, they meet with police and they try to retrace Natalie's last steps, right? So mm-hmm. from the Holiday Inn that they were staying at to Carlos and Charlie's, which leads them right back to Vandersloot, Because right? basically everyone at the bar was like, oh, yeah, she left with this dude. 
mm-hmm. Vandersloot. And his mm-hmm. name's Vandersloot. And you should look more closely at him because... Vandersloot. Vandersloot. I know. So the police go knocking on our guy Vandersloot's door. And they're like, hey, girl, um, like the girl you were last seen with, we cannot be found. Like what's going on? Mm-hmm. So Vandersloot initially says that, yes, he had met Natalie. Yes, he left the bar with her. But after driving around and going to see a lighthouse, he dropped her back off at the Holiday Inn with a security guard who helped her back inside. And so the police are like, okay, great. Um, (laughs) Can you go back to the Holiday Inn with us and point out which security guard you left Natalie with? And Vandersloot is like, sure, no problem. And in true, like, Casey Anthony fashion, he takes them back to the hotel. No. And and then it's just like, oh, hmm, I don't know. I don't see the security guard that was here last night. And so then the police said, well, the security footage says that's a lie. Right. I mean, like, they're like, sure, Jan. (laughs) Right. Oh, my God. This guy. Uh Uh-huh. So he's immediate. I mean, truly, like – Within 24 hours of her disappearing, he is he is an immediate suspect, right? Yeah, as he should be. So on June 1st, the first official search party for Natalie took place. And I just have to, like, let me tell you, they tear this island apart looking for this poor girl. Wow. So Aruba is 69 square miles, and they had people just everywhere. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of volunteers, family members, everyone out there looking in the water, on land. They even had three F-16s like flying around the island looking for any sign of her. And there was just nothing. They found nothing. Wow. I mean, they turned this island upside down looking for her. Yeah. It was so sad. Yeah. So four days later on June 5th, the first arrests in this case were made. So again, she disappears May 30th. June 5th, we're arresting folks. But it's very, very quick. You like that? You like that? It's a a very accelerated timeline. The Rubian justice. (laughs) Rubian? Jesus. (laughs) Is that right? Okay, but they don't arrest who you're probably thinking of, right? The police arrest two former security guards that, by all accounts, had absolutely nothing to do with this. They were just like looped into this because Vandersleet was like, oh, yeah, it was a security guard I left her with. Right? Yeah. Well, that just screams of, like, we need to get this done quickly. Right. And again, like, I think we have to, like, call, you know, maybe the elephant in the room, so to speak. Natalie was a beautiful white girl from America, right? Like, she and she goes missing in your country. Like, I think that the authorities and the police were like, oh, fuck, (laughs) like, we gotta, we have to figure this out, right? Because, I mean, Aruba is a tourist destination. They Mm -hmm. can't have pretty missing white people in their country like i'm just you know what i mean like yeah that's yeah, I mean, a problem to, for them yeah it's a publicity thing yeah so these poor security guards were released a few days later after they were like guys we have nothing to do with this like i don't know what we're doing here right <laughs> i wasn't on shift that night i know they're like i know it's just like so four days later again on june 9th um the you know by this point Natalie's family is just putting a ton of pressure on the police. Sure. And so are government officials. Again, for that same reason we were just talking about. We cannot have people disappearing. You know, we need tourists here, yada, yada. So under this pressure, the um, police chief arrests uh, Vandersloot and the 
Capo, Calpo. Jeez, God, my brain hurts. The Calpo <laughs> brothers. <laughs> okay. Okay. So at this point, the story changes. So the Calpo brothers, who are now like, oh, well, I'm facing like legit jail time at this charges. point. Yeah. They claim that they dropped Vandersloot and Holloway off at a beach near the Holiday Inn, and Vandersloot insisted that at that point he left her there to walk home. So Vandersloot is saying, like, okay, fine, yes, I did not take her back to the hotel. Um, you know, I we were at the beach, we were hooking up, and she wanted to stay there, so I just got up and left. Hmm. Okay. Don't love that. Don't love that. So the three are taken into custody, but a less than a month later, on July 4th, a judge orders the release of the Calpo brothers and orders the release for Vandersloot 60 days later. And no hmm. reason was given publicly for the judge's decision on this matter. <clears throat> Doesn't he have, like, family members who are part of, like, the judicial system in Aruba? Yes. So his yeah. father is a lawyer. And, like, a very prominent, like, public lawyer. Wow. Which I think is why, right? Like, when you read these court reports and it's, like, no reason given, it's like, oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because we don't know how to spell nepotism. Okay. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, at this point, and again, I mean, like, I just want to point to this timeline again, right? I mean, we are six weeks out from her disappearing and all of this has already happened, right? Mm-hmm. So on July 17th, kind of the first, what, what they were thinking would be like a break in the case um, mm-hmm. was discovered. A few strands of hair were found stuck to a piece of duct tape on Aruba's northeast coast. Um, and they were like, oh my gosh, this is it. This belongs to Natalie. Um, they sent it to the FBI crime lab in Quantico and it was not a match to Natalie. So there was mm-hmm. a lot of hope there for a couple of weeks and then... That ended up being nothing either. Um, Around the same time, on July 26th, another promising tip came in um, from a gardener who had claimed to see Vandersloot and the Calpo brothers digging like a big hole near the Marriott Hotel. Um, Hmm. So authorities went in and started draining the pond across from the Marriott, which I'm not really sure how you like connect those two. But again, nothing was found and they stopped doing this after a couple of days. So basically all summer, there's just tips like this, right, that are like coming in, not panning out, but the authorities are just like really hot on the case, like really trying to find anything, right? Yeah, it just seems like a lot of busy work for my purpose. Like they're mm-hmm. they're doing things to look like they're busy, but mm-hmm. they're not actually like making any progress. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I think, too, that there was just a ton of pressure from the family. Like, and I love this. I mean, Natalie's parents, well, at least her mother, like, basically moved to Aruba. Mm -hmm. And she was like, I'm not leaving until we find my daughter. Yeah. Which, like, I think is incredible. Yeah. I agree. Um, So that fall on September 3rd, Vandersloot is released from jail, right? So in July, they were like, we're going to hold him for 60 more days and release him. So September 3rd, 2005, he's released. We hate you. Goodbye. Okay. So at this point, like the criminal case really starts to stall. Um, So the only way forward for Natalie's family is actually through civil court. So in February of 2006, um, Natalie's family files a civil lawsuit 
against Vandersloot and his father, interestingly enough, um, accusing Vandersloot of malicious, wanton, and willful disregard for the right, safety, and well-being of Holloway, and also claimed that um, his dad enabled, quote-unquote, predatory behavior. So, which I think is really interesting, like trying to hold the dad culpable for what might be going on here. Yeah, I have a lot of questions here. And, like, maybe a lawyer can write in and, like, explain this. Ooh, but yeah, like, please do. How does that work? They're not Americans. Oh, like, how can you file, how do you a, file civil... a civil suit against a... Oh, I had never thought about that. Well, how does think, that work? Well, I think because the victim in this case was an American, right? So it's like you harmed an American. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, but wouldn't that... Yeah. Oh, but you're saying, like, how would the court enforce? Like, how would the court... Yeah, like, how would that... I mean, they operate under, like, let's... I mean... I'm going to sound very, like, ignorant here, but, like, wouldn't don't they operate under, like, a different set of laws? So, like, yes. how would that even stick? Is that why it's civil and not criminal? I don't know. I'm very curious by this. Well, it's not criminal because it would be Aruba that would have to bring criminal charges, right? Like, the crime happened right. in Aruba, right? But that is actually – Sarah, that's really interesting. Can someone – guys, someone write someone in. Someone write in and let us know. I, I'm yeah. very curious about this. Yeah. No, great point. Um. But in the end, the suit ended up being dismissed later that year. Um, You know, the judge was like, guys, I'm sorry. Like, we have no evidence, you know, that can prove this. And I think that that is really interesting because, you know, as you guys know, like, the burden of proof for a civil case is just preponderance of the evidence. Isn't it, like, next to nothing? Yeah. I mean, it's it's basically, like, 51 – you have to be 51% sure. Yeah. Um, so I do think it's interesting that they weren't even able to move forward with a civil case against him. Yeah. So at that point, um, in December, they try again. Um, Beth and um, Natalie's dad, Dave, do a civil lawsuit against um, the Calpo brothers. Um, but once again, um, this case is dismissed. This time, a judge dismisses it over a lack of jurisdiction. So, Sarah, that actually might be to your point. Yeah. Yeah. That they're, that, yeah, that's okay. I hadn't thought about it like that, that that must just, be what that is. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm just curious. Like, if they were going to file civil suits, why didn't they do, are they, are they not allowed to do that via like mm. Aruba because they're not like, I, I'm, that's just, a good question. The, the international component of this, I think, makes it very interesting. Or, like, I wonder if the countries, like, wouldn't have an extradition agreement for a civil case. Right? Like, are you really going to ship your own citizens to another country for a civil matter? Right. I don't know. But, but again, like, how can you even bring a civil case? Right. I don't know. I don't know enough about the law to, like... Me neither. That's interesting. I hope someone writes in. And if not, I'll do a little more research on that. Maybe we can put something in the show notes. Um... Okay, so that case is dismissed in 2007. Um, so in November 2007, we're back with our dipting douche lords, Vandersloot and the Calpo brothers. They're actually arrested again <laughs> for the disappearance of Natalie. So they 
basically the Aruban authorities were like, we have found what they described as new incriminating evidence, which was only ever like explained as quote unquote cell phone evidence um, that, you know, showed that they were guilty. Um, But again, this evidence fails to really amount to anything and all suspects are released again by December 7th. So they were in custody for about three weeks and then released again. Just, just like, yeah, it just feels like a lot of like wasted time. Yeah. So on December 30th of that same year, um, they, there was like this weird, like thing on the internet that this American ship had found what appeared to be a human skull in a fish trap off the coast of Aruba. It's terrifying. Right. It's like fucking the stuff of nightmares. So, Again, like, they really, like, jump right to that. They're like, this has to be Natalie. Nothing ever comes of this, right? So this is just another dead end. Mm-hmm. I actually remember hearing about this. Do you remember when this happened? No. Bigly. Yeah. I remember that being news. Like, oh, they found Natalie Holloway and they hadn't. So now we enter what I like to call just the absolute bat shit, like, crazy reality tv portion of this story like i can't even believe some of this is true so you guys probably all remember this but in 2008 this like dutch reporter his name is peter oh gosh sarah how do i say this peter de vries uh, maybe de Vries, yeah okay so peter de vries comes up with this plan. He's like, I am going to get Vandersloot to confess to the murder of Natalie Holloway, right? So what he does is he hires this, like, local known drug dealer, Patrick Van Durham. <laughs> I can't. Okay. Um, to go undercover for Peter DeVries, the reporter. <laughs> this, uh-huh. is so, this is so hard. So Peter um, and Patrick are on the case. Yeah, Peter and Patrick are on the case. So basically, the reporter hires Patrick to befriend Vandersloot and try and get him on camera confessing to the murder of Natalie, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and this footage is nuts, right? This stuff is nuts. So basically what happens is Patrick is able to befriend Vandersloot. They bond over their love of drugs, which is, like, great, I guess. And... While, like, on camera, Vandersloot admits to Patrick that Holloway had suffered some kind of seizure while they were having sex on this beach. And after failing to revive her, uh, Vanderloot said that he brought, a, like, this other friend of his named Dar... How do you say that name, Sarah? Dari. Dari. <laughs> he brought another friend named Dari. And the two men, according to Vandersloot loaded her onto a boat and dumped Holloway's body out at sea. So this is all caught on camera, right? Mm-hmm. But, and again, like the prosecutor in Aruba said that this video would be admissible in court, but the evidence was deemed inf- insufficient to warrant Vandersloot's arrest at that point. And so after this video comes out, Vandersloot argued that he was lying to impress Patrick um, because he was a drug dealer and he wanted drugs from him. 
So he's like, oh, I didn't really mean any of that. I was just, you know, showboating. Thoughts I mean, on that? I, this all feels like, like we're going in circles. Like, yeah. For what purpose, you know? Yeah. Do you think videos like that should be allowed as evidence to someone's guilt or innocence? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I do. Okay. Because hmm. I, what was that? Hmm. Well, I you just don't. Think, well, I mean, there's just all those like laws, right? About like third party consent to recording and like, should you be recorded without your knowledge? I don't know. Uh, that's a good point. I also think this whole thing is like a little shady. Like, I don't know, this Dutch reporter, Peter, right, who hires Patrick, the drug dealer, mm-hmm. like, he just has such an axe to grind that, like, and I don't know if you've seen, if you watch the Natalie Holloway documentary, you've seen some of this footage where Patrick is really, like, goading Vandersloot trying to get him to confess. And, like, it's almost like a little coercive at some points, right? Like, just really driving home hard, really like, come on, man, admit it. What'd you do to her? Come on, man. Come on. You know, I know mm-hmm. you did. Right. And it's just kind of like, I don't yeah, know. That's fair. I mean, plus they were doing drugs. They were drinking like under the influence the entire time he's being recorded. Yeah. I but I don't know if that like, I, I think the only thing that would like make it questionable is whether or not it should be admissible is like, what are the recording rules? Like, what are the recording yeah. laws? And some, and like in in the U.S., it's state by state, right? Some states are third party states. So, you know, if the tape was was made, gotten, I don't know the right phrase, yeah. but like if it was done by the book, mm. yeah, okay. I don't know. All right, well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> unpopular opinion (laughs) so right so all of that happens in 2008 and again nothing comes of that right unfortunately and i'm just like god how many fucking times does this vandersloot guy is just gonna get away with like oh i don't know the evidence isn't great like well and maybe that's where i'm getting like to me it's just so much like wasted time and effort it's like why do we keep like dragging him in like let's get like good solid Right. shit from this guy and then take him to task for it like why right. are we doing all of this like <laughs> i don't not a visual not, medium not but like medium. sarah is doing i don't even know how to describe I don't even what, know what that's that you're called doing. but like why are we like a cat doing... and mouse game it feels very almost it just feels like a big waste of time like right why are we wasting everybody's time with this well and like i think too why we don't need him on a hidden body camera confessing like I'm sorry. He was the last person seen with her. He right, like there right. is compelling circumstantial evidence that he did this. I don't know why we need our guy Patrick going in here undercover with a body cam. Try, like, yeah, I I think that's just so ridiculous, and it's like such a waste of time, and it's such a, a mean, cruel thing to do to the family. Like, I know. I, I just, it's like, no, like he's the last person who who was seen with her. So like, take him in, interrogate him. Yeah, keep him there until. You figure something out. Like, I don't know. Like, wow. why? It just seems so <laughs> silly to be doing The strong arm things. of justice. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Jesus. Well, so 
two years after this, in just the biggest scumbag move, I, I feel anger in my chest when I read this. So on March 29th, 2010, Vandersloot reaches out to Beth Holloway and offers to reveal the location of Natalie Holloway's body in exchange for $25,000 up front and another $225,000 like after the conversation. So That's just cruel. Isn't that disgusting? Because you know he's not going to tell them anything. No. So again, like the Beth Holloway's lawyer um, was like, okay, like on behalf of the family, he was like, okay. So he meets with Vandersloop in Aruba, gives him $10,000 and Vandersloop basically says that his father buried Holloway in the foundation of this like random ass house in Aruba. What? Right. So at that point, the lawyer wires another $15,000 to Vandersloot's bank accounts. This is $25,000 at this point. And at that point, Vandersloot is like, mm, just kidding. I'm lying. What a dick. Isn't that just disgusting? Yeah. I mean, we knew this guy doesn't have a whole lot of like moral. No, no. Well, this going on. So, so literally the next day. So, or no, I'm sorry. Two months later, I'm like I'm getting my days mixed up. Mm-hmm. So two months later, on May 30th, 2010, five years to the day mm-hmm. of the disappearance of Natalie Holloway, Vandersloot kills 21 year old Stephanie Flores Ramirez in his hotel room in Peru. This is where I kind of like knew. You I think I kind this? of knew this because like yeah. from what I remember, she was like she had met him. And, like, was – they, like, went up to his room or something and, like, she was either, like, Googling him. Like, she figured out that he mm-hmm. was somehow associated yep. with Natalie Holloway and that's when he killed mm-hmm. her. Yeah. So that's kind of the prevailing theory. So basically what happened, the two of them met at a casino. Um, Stephanie had apparently won a ton of money. So mm. um, they also think there was some financial motive to this. Like, he was planning mm-hmm. on robbing her. Mm. So he – Vandersloot takes her back to his hotel room and bludgeons her to death. Um, and her body was found four days later in the hotel room. That's um, brutal. Yeah. And, and you're right. Like there was some evidence that someone had used the laptop in the hotel room and was Googling his name and mm. like making those connections to Natalie Holloway. And so part of the theory is too, is that this poor woman realized who this guy was. Right. And was like, Oh shit. Um, And, you know, he killed her. So on June 3rd, 2010, uh, Vandersloot is arrested in Chile. um, And he's taken back to Lima, Peru, and held in a high-security prison. Um, That same month, he's also indicted in the U.S. for wire fraud and extortion for that disgusting scheme he tried to pull with the Holloways. Um, And it's just like, ugh. Yeah. And what kills me is that, like, had he been arrested for that extortion when it happened, so March of 2010, he would have been in custody in May of 2010 and wouldn't have been able to kill this poor woman. That sucks. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just – yeah. So two years later, on January 11, 2012, Vandersloot pleads guilty to the murder of Flores. Um, He blames his actions on the, quote, extreme psychological trauma, end quote – 
suffered from being, you know, the main suspect in the Holloway disappearance, which like, I hate you, Vandersloot. Get the fuck yeah, out of here. Stop it. I, okay. I, I know. The next day on January 12th, 2012, Natalie Holloway is officially declared dead. Um, mm. And which one thing I actually think is really interesting, I made note of here, um, it was Natalie's father that really pushed for this. But Natalie's mother actually um, testified against this. She did not want Natalie declared dead, um, mm. which is just like – so sad to me. Yeah, that is really sad. Right. I mean, it's what? So seven. Yeah. I mean, it's seven years after she disappeared. It's like. <sighs> yeah, that's heartbreaking. Yeah. So two days after his guilty plea, Vandersloot is sentenced to 28 years behind bars um, for the death of Flores in order to pay $75,000 in restitution to the victim's family. Mm. Um to which I say, I, 28 years does not seem like very much. It doesn't seem like a long time, does it? No. And so I was like Googling. I'm like, what? well, what's this like dickwad up to today? I was like, I'm going to find out this guy is like out and like living his best goddamn life. And I'm not going to yeah. be for it. But um, much to my delight, mm-hmm. in January of 2023, an additional 18 years was added to his sentence for trafficking cocaine in prison. <laughs> wow. Yeah. What a stand-up guy. So to this day, the case of Natalie Holloway remains unsolved. God, that's so crazy to me. I know. So there are there like any updates? Like, do they have any? No, I mean idea. I guess, and this, I guess this is the side I'm taking. Vandersloot killed her. I'm sorry. Like, okay, allegedly, whatever. But and that's what this is. What's so frustrating to me, and why I'm actually really glad we did this case because I would love your opinion on this. We have seen how many people have we seen convicted for so much less evidence than this, and yet Aruba is continually saying, "Nope, there's not enough there. There's not enough there. There's nothing we can do. There's not enough there." I'm like, "Oh my god, yes, there is. Yes, yeah. there is." But we would also be screaming that like that's a part of our justice system that kind of needs to be like fixed. Because if you looked at the number of people, right, arrested for lack of, you know, with less evidence than this, how many of them are wrongfully convicted? Okay, but for this guy, can we get this guy, please? Yeah, I mean, he, like, I think there's enough. There. Yeah, what side? Tell me, tell me what side you're taking, because I'm, I'm getting fired up, getting a little heated here. So, so walk me off the ledge. I think Vander Sloot was involved. Um. I think he knows more than he's saying. I also think that, like, based on his lifestyle, Mm -hmm. maybe during but certainly after this event with Natalie, you see a progression of excessive drinking, drug use. Yeah. That tells me that's someone who is trying to escape a reality he doesn't want to be a part of anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, That's a good point. He's escalating. Yes. Right. He kills Stephanie. Um, you know, I think something happened between him and Natalie. And, mm-hmm. you know, whether it was that she, you know, had, a, you know, something happened on their way back from the club and he was like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, I think it's even possible something happened. He went to his dad and said, oh, my God, what do I do? And his dad mm-hmm. said, we'll cover this up. Um, Yeah. Right. I, I don't know. I don't like it. <laughs> See, I think one theory I was reading was that um, Vandersloot had given Natalie some kind of drug, either like with her knowledge. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or potentially without her knowledge, like almost like a roofie in her drink. Yeah. Um, and that she died as a result of that. And then kind of like you were saying was like, oh, shit, called his dad. And his dad was like, yeah, we'll get rid of it. We'll take care of this for you. But here's my one problem with that theory. His dad, who is a very prominent public figure in Aruba, mm-hmm. has to know they are not just going to let the disappearance of an American tourist go, right? Like, that's what I keep coming back to is that, like, did they really think that no one was going to be looking for this girl? Like, they really thought they could just make this go away? I mean, Vandersloot was on camera with her. His dad had to have known the police were going to connect Vandersloot to Natalie. Yeah, but, I mean, he did kind of get away with it. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think he – I think – but then, like, but isn't all press good press? Can't – like, can't someone make the argument that, like, yeah, okay, like, they're not going to let it go, but, like, everyone's still shooting news footage in Aruba, so, like, Mm. look at our beautiful beaches. Oh, God. I don't know. You see what I'm saying? Like, I think if we're going to go down that route, then his dad was probably like, yeah, okay, I know that, like, you're – the last one who was seen with her and yeah they probably won't let this go for a little bit but like if there's nothing to be found there's no way right this will come back on you right like if he knew that whatever they had done to her body was foolproof enough that right yeah Ugh. yeah i don't know do you think his dad greased the wheels here yes yeah i think so too. i think I, his dad was involved uh, well i think that that's why he's never been tried and convicted for this case i think at every step along the way all those times they arrested him and then let him go i think daddy vandersloot was in there doing something to make that happen yeah but i mean they they didn't really arrest him on a whole lot though but see again i mean it's compelling circumstantial evidence I know we all, after listening to Scott Peterson, we all know how you feel about circumstantial evidence. (laughs) I'm just saying, like, they didn't arrest him on a whole lot. There wasn't a whole lot to keep him. Yeah, I mean, there's no physical evidence in this case. Right. So, like, maybe his dad had a a part in that, but I think, too, like, he wouldn't have had to work that hard to say, like, but what are you actually holding him on? You're saying? Oh, I see what you're saying. So you're saying more just using his just like abilities as a lawyer to be to like reason with people and be like, look, like you don't have anything. Yeah, yeah. That's a, yeah, that's possible. I don't know. I I don't know. I I think, think he's where he should be. I think he has yeah. problems that need to be fixed. So I think he's in the right place right now. But, but you, like, if he had just gone off into the sunset and like didn't do anything else, like. You don't think he's guilty in this? I think he's probably guilty of it. You are such a murder apologist. I cannot handle you. I'm not. I'm just saying, like, we can't say that, like, we – like, I just don't (laughs) – 
I need more. <laughs> I need more. <gasps> yeah. I think, uh, yes, I think given what you've presented here and like what's out there about like him. Yeah. Yes. I think he, it probably. Do you think, okay. You think be juror Sarah beyond a reasonable doubt. He did this. No. Oh, (sighs) okay. Now accepting applications for a new co-host for (laughs) sisters. I guess I, I cannot. Okay. Well, guys, you want Sarah on your jury. I'm just going to say that. I think he was involved, but you haven't you haven't shown me you haven't told me how you haven't yeah. told me where you haven't told me all you've told me is that he left a bar with her. I mean, yeah, you're kind of right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, okay, so you're saying you think he was probably involved, but you could not find him guilty in a court of law of that. Yeah. Okay. Well. So what he I, wasn't found in a court of law guilty of that. I know, but I'm saying, like, if if it was brought to trial and you were on the jury, you couldn't find him guilty in a court of law no. based on the evidence we currently have. No. Yeah. Because there isn't a whole lot. The only evidence we have is that he left with her and then yeah. lied about, like, and then lied about it. See, I would think any 17-year-old would. Yes, I think that's – yeah, I don't think lying to the police makes you guilty no. of whatever they're accusing you of. I I went into this thinking that from like what I knew about the case previously, like kind of what you were saying, like, you know, I bet what happened is that there was some kind of accident yeah. or she got sick and died and he covered up her death. But I have to admit, reading about what happened to Stephanie in Peru mm-hmm. really changed my mind because mm-hmm. I'm sorry, like not to be crap, but but to bludgeon someone to death. Yeah. Like that. And I think what's interesting is that it's someone he didn't know, right? Like you – we say so right. often, right, that if you are murdered, you are most likely to be murdered by your spouse, by your pa- – right? Like people that know you. So to have that kind of violence against someone you don't know – Right. I think speaks to an incredibly troubling trait of his, which is to be vi- – right? Like to me, that speaks to a level of violence where – I could see him intentionally murdering someone because he did intentionally murder somebody. Right. You see what I mean? But see, like, and I don't think this is, and I'm not saying this, be, like, to your research, but I'm saying in general, I don't think we know enough about, does he have, did he have any prior yeah, incidents with the law? Just drug stuff from what I read. Like, he, you know, I mean, he's been, I guess, to be charitable, we could say he's had a substance abuse problem for his entire mm-hmm teenage and adult life mm-hmm. but not like you know trouble with not the law, a record like, of violent right, behavior right. leading up to that but again yeah. to i'm sorry but to bludgeon someone to death basically a stranger to death in your hotel room yeah that's that's awful like that so so now i'm at the point where now i lean more towards oh he could have done this with like premeditation you know, but how? But like premeditation, how? So he went to that bar specifically to look for Maybe. a stranger to kill, or you with know, his two friends in tow, or he, you know, they hooked up and she made fun of him, or he wanted to hook up and she didn't, or you know, like, and he went off in a rage. But it wouldn't. I mean, it still wouldn't be premeditated. Premeditation just means you have to have that split second decision to do it. Don't make that mm-hmm. face. That's what that means. 
I don't know. I don't know if I, I don't know. Unreal. Because I think there's a big difference between a 17 year old who up to that point, the worst thing he'd done is like get caught with drugs. Yeah. To five years later, someone who clearly went like who has escalated his drug use, who's escalated his alcohol abuse. Yeah. Then, you know, I find it more likely that he would kill in that instance. Oh, interesting. Than that he intentionally killed Natalie Holloway. Okay. I said to you this morning on the phone, I was like, Sarah, I don't know that this episode is going to be that interesting (laughs) because we're going to come down the same side of it. Because, I mean, like, how could you not come down the side that, like, and I agreed with you. Vander killed her. Like, now look at us. I know. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. The more I think about it, the more you're not sure. The more I'm not sure. Right, but it's well. solvable. Can we solve it? Why don't we solve it? We already did solve it. It was Vandersloot. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Look at us. M, that was so good. There was something right? here I didn't know. And I like I was saying like off air, like I just finished listening to this like yeah. this morning. Um so it was actually like perfect timing. Yeah, I read some interesting articles about this one. Yeah. Um it's just a really it I don't know, it was just sad and I just Vandersloot, I hate you. I hope you're not listening to this from a pay friend in prison. Bye. You suck. Yeah, he's not a good guy. No. He is though, he's six five. Wow. Sarah really likes tall guys. Okay. Let's, <laughs> let's scale this back. Don't be mad at me because I didn't take your side here. I am a little mad. I would like I know to find you a co-host. Okay. Mostly I'm still salty because after our Scott Peterson episode, you guys, I cannot even tell you, our oh family gosh. is still, this is what, like two weeks after it aired, is still debating freaking Scott Peterson. Guys, everyone in our family took Sarah's side on this. Unreal. I'm sorry. Traitors up in here. I'm sorry. Traitors. Maybe I should have gone to law school. Not only that, but then Mike coming out with that super hot fire yesterday after yesterday we released the Nicholas Barclay episode. Mm -hmm. And Mike is like, I had to listen to it twice. I was confused. I'm like, wow. (laughs) Okay. Everyone everyone hates me. Everyone hates Emily. Everyone does not hate Emily. Listen. We probably got that four star review on an episode that I did. Probably not. Now you're just now you're taking it so personally. Well, my feelings are hurt. Oh no, our feelings are hurt, you guys. Please send in some nice comments for Emily because feelings are hurt. Um, where can the people send you all of their lovely love notes to you? You can email us at sisters.take.a.side at gmail.com or find us on Instagram at sisters take aside. Uh, what is it? Underscore podcast. <laughs> Sisters take aside underscore podcast. Um, Sarah, let's get to our listener question. Yeah, let's do of it. This week. And actually, this one was fun. So this person wrote in. This is this one's for you, Sarah. Oh, great. Um, this person wrote in. I love HR Sarah. Sarah, what is it that you actually do for a living? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> Why 
do you want to know? Um, what do I do for a living? So I work for um, a uh, IT staffing company. I work um, as part of like our human resources operations team. So um, I do <laughs> I do a lot of different things. I wear a lot of different hats. <laughs> she does, um, but. Primarily, I'm responsible for making sure that we are, number one, compliant, and number two, we're getting people started in their new jobs um, with getting all of their pre-hire stuff done. So I thought you were about to say, I'm in charge of making sure we're number one. And I was like, this is not a sales pitch for your company. No, no, (laughs) no. And we call you HR Sarah because you always have good HR advice. Oh, thanks. I try. And a lot of our cases really could have used HR Sarah consulting in some matters. You know, a lot of them could. Now yeah. that I think about it. <laughs> it's just like, like, just be good people, you know? I mean, but then we wouldn't have a podcast. I'm sure we would find something to scream at each other about over <laughs> a microphone. Okay. Well, well, thank you for this week's listener question. Like I said, that one came in over Instagram. That's fun. so cool. Thanks, um, guys. I didn't know you were like so. In- <laughs> oh, Sarah's big head is not even going to fit out of the room now. Wow. Someone, you. please, please write in and just give Emily a little bit of love. No, don't. Her feelings are hurt. My feelings are hurt. I'm sorry. No one takes my side. So I want to hear from people that take my side. I like to be right. <laughs> She really does like to be, you guys, like. I like to be right. She really likes to be right. Well, okay. What are we going to do next week? What case are you, tell the people, get us excited. And I'm going to take the opposite side on this one. So don't well, pick like Casey Anthony or something. I was going to say, um, so I was thinking actually of doing just that. No. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> Well, that's like a unifying, like, that's like a unifying case. I thought fucking Scott Peterson was a unifying case, you goddamn traitor. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. Um, I'm actually stuck between two things. So okay. I'm going to let it be a surprise. Um, but we do, like, do we want to tell the people about, like, what we have in the works? Yeah, 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 yeah. Tell the people. Okay. So I'm not going to give away the whole secret, but we have had several requests about yes. bringing on a guest. So we, we, I think we should tell them what guest. No? Go ahead. So this is like, okay, this is just like classic. But you guys, <laughs> a couple of you have written in asking for our brother John to come on the podcast. Yeah. Which is so classic. John outshines Sarah and I in just about every way imaginable. So for good reason. He is a great, he's a great guy. I mean, he's fine. Great kid. Um, so we love him. So we are actually in the works of doing um basically like a siblings take a side episode. Um, John has picked a case that he wants to talk about. We'll keep that a surprise. Um, and so we're gonna have him on, I don't know, sometime in the next couple of weeks. So you guys can get the full, like, sibling experience. Full sibling experience. Yeah. So when we – so, like, a couple episodes ago, I guess we, like, kind of picked on our dear little brother. Whatever. And um, the people – the people want to hear from him. They want to hear his voice. So – Which is just like, guys, why? (laughs) Why? So we are super excited to invite John. Yeah. 
our little buddy. I offered, so I said to him, I was like, bud, I'll get you like whatever equipment you need. Um, And he was like, oh, Emily, I have a hundred dollar microphone already. And I was like, all right, bitch. I guess you don't need the $15 microphones I got for Sarah and I off Amazon. Fine. Wow. What if you guys are seeing how this is going to go, right? Like, are we even going to be able to release this episode? Um, Our... What I, I completely lost my train of thought. Oh, he's going to sound better than us. Like, his sound quality is going to be better. I'm going to be mad. It is going to make you mad. Great. We've already been told, too, by by our parents that we're not allowed to pick on each other. So, go oh. should go well. Okay. Well. Yeah. <laughs> but, so, be excited about that. We have that yeah. coming up in the works. Um, what else, yeah. Em? Do you have anything else for the people? Um, No. Or just... Um, Loving you guys, loving the feedback. Thank you all so much for being here in our little like corner of the internet. Sarah and I still say to each other multiple times a week, like, wow, people listen to this and that's weird. I honestly forget that like sometimes when we're recording. I know. I'm afraid that like people I work with has like have like found it and are listening. I know. Does that worry you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or like that like my in-laws are listening. Right? Mm-hmm. Anyways, okay. Well, <laughs> thank you guys, the two people that are still listening to this now. Um, we love you guys. Leave a rating we love review. You so much. Yeah, um, please. I issued a, a, a challenge a couple weeks ago. That and none of us can remember what that it was. None of us can remember, but <laughs> nothing has happened. So, people, if you love Sisters Take a Side, please do us a huge kindness and leave us a rating, a review. Um, tell your friends. We love referrals. Yeah. Um, referrals. We love you guys. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, take us out. I'm Sarah. And I'm Emily. And this is Sister Take Aside.